everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, Ethel Merman. That's who that is. Hey, sitting in on today's show, our own James, uh, James Birdsall's gone. He's left the building. Where did he go, Sean? Um, well, he didn't okay. get fired. It was a parole hearing. Yeah, something he's, like that. He's away at a we parole We have his hearing. lawyer here, actually. We do have his lawyer here. Which is so funny. Juan Mikadas is joining us. That's right. Which is scaring me, Juan, because anytime we have an attorney in the studio, mm-hmm. I'm thinking the people upstairs. Well, he's closer to being an attorney than you and I. I know. Right. That, he's, I'm going to say. A, I know. You're going to say not you're not an attorney. An attorney. Yeah. I know. So See, anything I say cannot be construed as legal advice. Okay. <laughs> because that would be the unauthorized practice. But you know what? That's an attorney speak that is right such there. such an attorney right <laughs> I have to there. start somewhere. <laughs> he's trying to make sure he knows that we know he's not an attorney. Right. But he dresses like one, so that he has no uh-huh. no sort of liability. Right. He whatsoever. even smells like one when he walked in the when he walked in the studio. I'm like, mm, yeah, open up that mm, door. That guy <laughs> smells like an attorney. Juan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. You have, by the way, Juan is. We just call him the granddaddy of BYU oh, yes. broadcasting because yeah. he's been on every show. He has a hard time keeping a job, so they've moved him around a lot. Is that what it is, Juan? Absolutely. And then I run off to law school. And I know they don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. With me but you're a talent. Extraordinary! You the you. the music from the morning show. That's right. That's got your that's got your signature all over. I did that it. one. The music for Through the Garage Door. I did, did that you really? one as well. And that mm-hmm. is a music show. Yeah, which says you're the bomb. Pretty much. That's why we made the show. Really, yeah. because because of your music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are now the legal bomb, and you're filling in for James. Yeah. How long? I will be here at least today and tomorrow, and Man. probably some other days whenever he's not yeah, here. James is so. going to be gone a bit during the summer. So, yeah. Because I do – I wanted to have you start working on a will. I need to put together a will and maybe a trust. So Anything we, I might say cannot be construed as legal <laughs> advice, Matt. <laughs> do, get do, that do I need to repeat myself? <laughs> That's right, no. Yeah, but it's cheaper when you're yeah. in law school than when you're yeah. – yeah, It's also illegal too. Is it, yeah, I mean, but then we would take it to an attorney. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You would just give me ideas. Yeah. I'm just saying if we could just have it done by Wednesday, that would be great. Give everything to me. I'll take it to an attorney. Okay. We'll get it taken care of. <laughs> okay. This is so great. I just thought, you know, he'd be filling in on the show, but now we're doing my will. We're getting legal advice, too. This is uh, – um, yeah, Anything I say cannot from... be construed as legal <laughs> Once advice. Once again, we need to make that a bumper. Anything Walsh, anything Juan said during this segment was not uh, legal not advice. to be construed as legal It cannot advice. be construed as legal accounting or other advice. Man, lawyers. Okay. Show. Uh, today on the show, we're talking about kind of life-changing events. Yeah. Just things that happen to all of us throughout our lives that kind of change the whole game. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of them are unexpected. Some of some, them are not. Some you, some you like going to law school. Mm-hmm. I remember when you said, hey, I'm going to law school. And then I saw your look on your face with like, one oh, eyebrow that went boy. through the ceiling. Did you remember that? Yeah. I'm like, you? A lawyer? Really? Can you do wills? Do you remember I asked you that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Never got back to you. Is that a life-changing event? Because it's changed. I mean, you're you're already married. Life's great. You've got everything. Mm-hmm. You're done with school. Then Absolutely. You re-up. Yeah, it's definitely a life-changing event. Um, one, I think my vision is getting worse because of all the reading <laughs> you have reading to do. So much. <laughs> yeah. The migraine frequency goes through the roof. Again. You're having a lot of headaches. Yeah, because of the reading. Yeah. Um, but there have also you, been a lot of good changes too. Get some better lighting. 
Yeah, well, that would help. Maybe I shouldn't be in the basement reading. I should be outside. What uh, what, what are the good things? Because a lot of people would say, what are the good things with law school? Um, I mean, looking to the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're it's a third done, of the way done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you learn critical thought. I think yeah. that's been one of the big things that I've learned is to analyze something and not to bring your own personal biases into it. That's huge. That's the headache. Yeah. That's exactly. You're thinking way too much. Yeah. I we, should stop thinking. We we don't have a lot of critical thought on this show. No. We. I so, thought I felt a little out of place. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm wondering if we have a little bit of. Th- Thought even on the show. Well, that's a good point. That is, we don't have a lot of thought on this show, but we do have a lot of flippant, erratic behavior. <laughs> don't know how I'm going to fit in. <laughs> that's called the Matt Townsend <laughs> show. Hey, so today, by the way, I was on um, a television show that we'll talk with Brooke Walker from okay. Studio Five. Mm-hmm. I did a live show, so they had like I don't know 150 people in the audience, and they made me. They didn't make me. They asked me to play a game, so I played a game, and I pulled my hamstrings. Ouch. Yeah. Both? I don't know. Pretty At much At the one. same time? I don't know that I have two hamstrings, <laughs> but I know I pulled one of them because my right leg. Well, ouch. when you pull the hamstring, all the spirals come out of the ham, right? Mm. By the way, we had spiral yeah, ham from Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that tells me is I'm not meant to be athletic. athletic. And I was meant to be on TV because that I loved. Okay. I remember when I decided I wanted a broadcasting career because I was interviewing a guy named Bob Evans who's a local reporter. Mm-hmm. And I went and he, I interviewed him just as a – just wanted to say, hey, so talk about your career. And he was on a radio show with Hans Peterson. Do you remember him? No. He is he's – he's just the funniest. He does voices. He's a radio personality. OK. With voices like Ethel Merman, mm. Oprah. Yeah. Kind of like me. And I, I went on and I put this headset on and I thought, holy cow. And I, I got to speak on that radio show. And right then I thought, boom, I want to be on the radio. And now look at me. <laughs> they can't. It's radio. Good, great point. Again, the lawyer. Yeah, I know. You know that's maybe, those that's little insignificant advice. details. That's you know, my job. He, he's, but that wasn't legal advice that no, you could it use. No, it wasn't. And, but he's messing up my, my flow yeah, of comedy, that. my comedic flow. That's the lawyer. That's the critical nature of a lawyer. We stifle anything happy, <laughs> we stifle joyful, creativity. or humorous. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to have you, Juan, on the show. Jeez. Thanks. So uh, do you all remember any, any kind of life-changing event that just puts you on a different path? I mean a good path. Yeah, just like about a month and a half ago. What? I changed over to working on the Matt Townsend yes. show. What, well, but what was the event? Well, was there an event? I had a just... schedule change. I went from working mornings to working afternoons. It's changed your life. Now you're home in the mornings. Yes. Now you get to kiss your daughters goodbye. That's true. And they're like, Daddy, make us breakfast. I do that almost every day. Do you really? Yeah. See? And so we're, we're waffles helping this morning. You. Did you really? Mm-hmm. You're a good man. We're, but, but the show then has changed your life. Well, yeah, it's changed my sleeping habits. Are you, are you getting better sleep? I'm getting more sleep. Are you? Mm-hmm. Is that helping your marriage? No. <laughs> Not that I have a bad no, marriage. No, no, you have no, a great marriage. But it's just are you, now you're home, you can probably talk more with your wife? I do, yeah. Now, again, I think sh- my outlook on life has improved a Because bit. we have a lot of stuff about Only- marriage and relationships that you, I know go home and argue about. Yeah. <laughs> my wife says, that. okay, Matt said this on the show today. You got to do this. Yeah. I don't you hate Thanks, that. Matt. I know. I'm glad my wife doesn't listen. Because <laughs> if she listened, then we really I know. be in trouble. I get, I get messaged from my wife, so 
Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, we, we are tweeting this out there. So anybody out there in listener land, if you tweet in at BYU Radio, we'd like to hear your life-changing stories, and we will get some of your stories uh, we'll get you on the air if you want to share them, or you can just tweet us those stories and we'll read about those at BYU Radio or give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. When you call in, by the way, you will not be getting any legal advice. Absolutely No not. legal advice from Juan Mikadas. None. Don't even ask. Uh, but he does know a lawyer if you need one. That's true. I know a lot of lawyers. They're all my professors. Yeah, yes. so maybe we ought not be doing that. Hey, here's the deal. Maddie Richards has put together a little uh, piece for us. She's not in the office today. She's, you know, she's away. She's away being a student. But today we're talking life-changing experiences, and we're going to identify some major things that can shift how we live. Our own Maddie Richards has prepared this piece, delving into the little things that can change our lives in a big way. When I was eight years old, my life was changed in a big way. I'd been taking ballet lessons since I was three and loved it, but I didn't realize how much I loved it until that day as an eight-year-old. We were in the ballet studio rehearsing for The Nutcracker. I was a little buffoon, just barely old enough to be cast in the show. We'd been rehearsing our dance and only had 20 minutes left of practice. My teacher told us we'd be joined by the older dancers in a few minutes to prepare the finale of the show. I didn't think much of it. Then the doors opened, and dozens of older dancers came in. They all wore their toe shoes and had their ribbons perfectly tied. They tested out turns on the floor to see how slippery it was. They laughed and talked, all while practicing their steps and asking the instructor where they should begin. I remember the first moment the music started and I saw those older girls begin their final piece. I was struck. It was that moment when I decided one day I would be the girl on the toe shoes, elegantly sweeping across the floor. This wasn't a huge moment. It was a very ordinary day, and I doubt any of the older girls remember it even happened. But for me, it defined the next 10 years of my life, which were devoted to ballet. I don't dance anymore, but being a ballerina for most of my life has defined me and shaped me into who I have become. Often we look at big life experiences, like moving or getting a new job, losing a loved one, or a change in our family dynamic, as the life-changing events. And they are. But they aren't the only things that can shape and define us. We sometimes are so focused on the major events, we forget that the minor events can be equally as important. Maybe you wake up one day and decide to grow a garden. This isn't anything major, lots of people do it, but it can change your hobbies, your family's lifestyle, and add to your happiness. Maybe you decide to visit an old friend, and your friendship is restarted into something you'll really need down the road. Maybe you just smile at someone and that changes their life. Whatever the situation and whatever the outcome, we need to remember that these life-changing experiences surround us if we decide to recognize them. We sometimes don't get to decide what major life experiences define us. And sometimes, like in my ballet situation, we don't even have control over the small things. We need to take those opportunities and accept them for what they are. But sometimes, We do have control. 
we get to decide to be happy. We get to decide to read that book, call that family member, change one bad habit, and that can result in a totally different life for us. Sometimes we get the chance to choose our life-changing experience. This is a beautiful and important event. Don't squander this opportunity to pick how your life is going to turn out. We need to relish our life-changing experiences, the ones we do get to pick and the ones that we don't. Let's not squander the big and little life-changing experiences that we get because in the end, it results in who we are and if we don't accept the experiences that change us, we can't accept ourselves. Talking to you a little bit here. Well done, Maddie. Um, you know what? I call those choice points, right? So our lives are filled with choice points and we have hundreds of them a day, really, that are going to make us or break us, lift us onward, drag us down to failure. And uh, today is the day of change and experiences, and and, and we're going to take advantage of that. On the show today, we have a woman, Caitlin Kane, is joining us, who has basically applied to go to Mars. She has. There's applications. Hey, who wants to go to Mars for life? She's applied. She does. She's going. I mean, she's not going. She's applied. And she's she was one of 200,000, but she's made the second round. Yeah, well, she's now down to one of 705. Wow. Now, see, that's where I'm going to ask her. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Now are you regretting? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, maybe when you get down to the top 10, you're like, Ugh. But she's fascinating. We're going to find out what would make you, you know, take on such a huge experience. Also, a little bit later, we're going to be talking to Miguel Pond. Michael, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. I see you in my rearview mirror. Hey there. And uh, which, again, I shouldn't be driving through my rearview mirror, but I am. And as I look at you, Michael, you're going to talk about gang. a gang targeted your home. Yeah. Um, well, actually, you know, it was a little bit different than I remembered it, but we got our home got vandalized over and over again, and really? we actually ended up moving because of it. No way. Yeah. And so that changed your life. Yeah. It, you know, and it's had a great impact on my family for years after the event. Oh, I, I mean, bet. We still all remember it, and we talk about it. It's had it's had a lasting impact on our life. Well, and I bet you think, man, you don't think fondly of gangs anymore. Oh no way. No, no I mean, you thing. used to, but not anymore. Yeah, before that, the movies hyped them all up. They seemed pretty cool, but well, nope. Uh, okay, we're going to hear from that. Michael Pond, well mm-hmm. done. And then, Sean, you're going to teach us what? I'm going to talk about the life-changing event of children. Mm, oh, boy, I remember that. I mean, we're going to go for oh, two hours on that. <laughs> oh, and they're beautiful. As, oh, as, I know. As, as we've learned from some guests that we'll be having Thursday. Yes. The Duggars. That's true. They're a gift. From mm-hmm. God. And yet, sometimes you wonder, whoa, it's like this gift never stops. Why did I open that this gift? This gift never goes to bed. So we'll talk about that, the power of uh, just a couple kids, what they can do for us. And again, Juan Mijaris is joining us, not an attorney, and will not be giving us any legal advice. So anything he says on this show should not be construed as legal advice. Right? That's correct. There we go. No Even legal that. advice. No legal advice. And again, we're tweeting at BYU Radio. Give us a uh, tweet us. Let us know what uh, what are some of your life changing events. We'll put some of those on the air. Or give us a call one eight five five chat BYU if you want to share it live. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, your guide on the side. Today, we're talking life, life coaching. And uh, now think about it. Have you ever had an experience in your life, just one little experience that changes the entire ballgame? I have, you know, just a class once that made me want to be a a speaker, being on a radio show once made me want to be, you know, a radio personality. Being uh, Starting some fires in my backyard made me want to be a firefighter. Well, that kind of comes out of necessity at that point. <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot of things. I learned, I'm, I learned, hey, I don't want to be a scientist or uh, I don't want to be um, a parish. What do they call them? Like, I don't want to be a parachuter. What do they call those guys? Paratrooper? Paratrooper. I don't want to insert myself into a military situation because I jumped off once off of our tricky bars with a plastic bag. About broke my ankles. Yeah, I bet. It was an experience. But I learned. So today we've got a queen the Queen of Mars, potentially. The First Lady of the Martian world may very well be sitting in my studio as we speak. Caitlin Kane is her name. Caitlin is a hairdresser. She has applied to become one of four people to travel to Mars and establish a colony on the planet. She's now made it through two phases of the selection process. She's gone from 2,000 people down to like 705. Her odds are very good. She's got a killer personality. She's excited to get there. She says this is what she's bringing. Now, let me make sure I get this. What your interests are, which is really what you'll be bringing to the colony. And here's what I believe. I believe you're actually not running for the scientific side of the journey. You're running to be the queen of the colony. How did you guess that? I can tell. Here's why. You're blowing my mind. This is what you say you're going to bring to it. You're going to bring a lifetime spot on Mars will include juggling. Science, you're super smart, and you don't say this, but you are, and teachable. You're also, you you like to paint, but you don't do it very much. No, um, I don't have time, but I'm going to have all the time in the world. Oh, you'll have nothing but that time. That world. And this is what I think is really neat. You're going to have, um, you'll, you'll be producing the first painting of a Martian landscape. Absolutely. Mm. I'm going to be doing a lot of firsts on Mars. Now, okay, this, you're 24. Yes. Young vibrant. Well, thank you, you. You could be thinking, hey, I'm, I want to go to law school, like Juan. Don't do it. Juan's, again, not legal advice right there. My roommate just graduated law school. Okay. I'm not going to do okay, it. Okay, so you know what that's about. <laughs> Is she blind and does she have headaches? Uh, not that I know okay. of yet. Because that's Maybe what's playing. I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. You need better light. And you probably, yeah, glasses. I think you need glasses. Um, but as we sit here with Caitlin, Caitlin, of all the things you could be doing, you could have a dog. I can't get a dog. Are you allergic? They, well, they live for 15 years and I might be gone in 10. Great point. Yeah. Let's see. You're very forward thinking. <laughs> Why Mars of all things? You could, choose, you could choose to raise a family. You could choose to do all these things. But is Mars calling you? It really is. Um, and it pretty much always has. I've always wanted to colonize another planet. Have you? No, hold on. Really? Yes. Like, okay, so you're a kid and you're thinking. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking, hey, I wonder if you melt cheese. If you can drink it, like cheese, like melt. Well, I mean, I did a little bit of that. Okay. <laughs> but you're thinking you want to colonize Mars. Yeah. Like I drew a lot of really like embarrassing drawings in my childhood notebooks about like what the Mars colony infrastructure would be like. Are you kidding? And yeah, I'd be president of Mars. No, you, I have. I honestly, I think you've got my vote. Thank you. But I think I'd have to be there to vote. Yeah. 
I mean, I think my odds are pretty good of being president of Mars when there are only four people. I, I totally – and it sounds like it's probably going to be a rotating role. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone's going to have to take another turn. But you could get up there. What if you get up there and you find out, I don't like these people. They're – you know, they're weird. <laughs> um, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be a little weird. I, yeah. I think all of us who are going are a little weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, but in a good way. Yeah, but. in a good way. No, I, I love weird. You'd have to be. This is a yeah. life decision. And, and by the way, you may not make it. Yeah. I mean, that's life or death decision, right? I mean, we, I don't know if you know this. We haven't done this before. <laughs> um, to me, it, it's a necessary risk. It is. But yeah, I mean, that's terrifying for sure. Uh, we will be training with the group that we're going with mm-hmm. for about eight years prior to leaving. So I think I would know ahead of time yeah. if I really hate them. But This is crazy, too, because I'm going to bet they're going to have to pick 10. Don't you think? And then only send four. They're going to pick 24. Are they really? Those people are going to be training to like in groups of four Yeah. Um, for about 10 years. Well, nine or eight or nine years. I don't yeah. know math. Yeah. <laughs> nine years? Yeah. I mean, nine years, that's a long time. Well, I mean, you have to teach people how to be an astronaut. I sure. do hair right now. I need oh, yeah. some training. By the way, that's another great thing. See, I think that's you bring something none of them are bringing. Hair. Hairstyling. You know what? Um, Hairstylist is an important part Absolutely. of society. We need them. You, because otherwise everyone would just like have long hair. Yeah. And split ends. What could that do on Mars? I don't even know. But honestly, you're you're stepping up. Nine potential years of training. Mm-hmm. Then they'll choose a team. Boy, what if you're not the team? What if you train for nine years and they don't send you? That would be hard. I don't think you would have trouble getting any job on the planet, though. No, totally. And um. You're like an astronaut then. Yeah. Then yeah. I'm an astronaut and a farmer and a doctor and an that's engineer. Right. And a know. lawyer. <laughs> Throw that in there. Don't do it. Again, that's not considered legal advice. We do need a lawyer on Mars. I don't know. Think about it. I, I, Let me talk what? to my wife first. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I hear she's ready to send you. Yeah, well, that's the other thing law school did to me. But she, that's another topic for another day. Because she calls me every week. And she's like, please, Matt, when Juan's in there for two or three days, will you just work him over? Just once in a while. Yeah. But not, again, that's not legal advice either. No. Okay. No. Um, so fill us in. You found out about this colonization process and you thought, okay, I'm in. Yeah. It, as soon as I heard about it and I just heard about it on the news, it I don't know. It just felt like fate. Everything kind of clicked into, into place. I was like, oh, duh. I have to yeah. do this. <laughs> we had a guy that used to be one of our producers on the show, Bryce Tobin, Bryce Lamar Tobin. Uh, that's actually not his middle name. But I thought BLT was cute. And um, he wants to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. And we used to joke because he actually had a personality that would be perfect. Yeah. Because he has a hard time on Earth. <laughs> a lot of the people on Earth want to send him to Mars. But he really wanted to go too, but he never dared put his hat in. Because mm-hmm. like, what if they pick you? But you're not afraid of that. Well, I made the decision before I applied mm-hmm. that if they want me, that I would go. I've already made the decision. And what's neat, too, is it's not about being – how do you be qualified for a mission like that? So it's more like you just have a willing heart and now you're <laughs> going to go do it. Yeah. And if they let you in, you'll train. I have a feeling you're going to make the top 24 at least. Well, that's really nice. And I'm just saying so you – know, Might just because you're in the room with me. No, but I'm really good with vibes and feelings. <laughs> I really am. So can you take a sign up for me of my Facebook page and then just show that a lot – when you're up there. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. I'll give okay. you some, some press from that Mars. So great. I could help coach people up there that are having relationship breakdowns. 
you know what? We would really need that. It seems like they need a husband-wife combo. Are you worried about that? Like, what if you, like, fall in love with one of these guys? Um, I actually think that could work out just fine. But then what if you have a Martian? <laughs> uh, we are definitely discouraged not, like, to have children. Not to. Not to. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not to have children on the planet. Um, eventually, if we're starting a colony, yeah, that's something that they would need to sure. consider. But right now, it's way too risky. Yeah. A children like a child shouldn't be brought up in that environment. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, just four of you too. Yeah, that's weird. Weird society. <laughs> like who would probably. they play with? <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're on it. I think you're, you're. I think you got it. And they call you Kitty. Yeah. Which again, that's like sounds like a really fun astronaut name. <laughs> it's not a popular one. That's true. It's memorable. It's totally memorable. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, though, I want you to teach us like what went through your mind in. Life, giving what you're going to give up, kind of, and what you're will and and why, and and how this is changing your thinking. So be thinking about that. Again, we're joined with uh, by Caitlin Kane. She's in studio. She's on the uh, the short list now. The short list of 700 people that are being chosen for a four person team to go to Mars. Holy cow! I can't even decide what I want for dinner, and you're deciding a lifelong, humongous decision. More with Katie Kitty Kane. Right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back here on BYU Radio. back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about life-changing events and how one choice can have such far-reaching uh, consequences, such an impact on your life. We're joined today by Kitty Kane. Uh, Kitty is uh, in line, let's call it. This is like going to Disneyland and waiting for the biggest ride ever at Disneyland. Is it Space Mountain? This is, this is even bigger than Space, <laughs> Space Mountain. This is a journey to Mars, and Kitty has put uh, her, um, her what would we call it, her uh, application in the kitty. She's put her application in. You're now one of 705 people online, on board, to potentially make it to the top 24, possibly the first four people to make it to Mars. That's right. Kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> what um, you're saying? So this is actually not, you know, sponsored by the United States NASA program. It's sponsored by a Dutch organization. Yeah, it is, and the crew is going to be international. The seven hundred and seven hundred people are worldwide. Really? Yeah, about two hundred and fifty of them are from the U.S. Are any from France? Probably. Ooh, so you'll have good food. I think the food's going to be pretty bland. Yeah, That's the thing I'll miss most, I think. Well, because you're going to have to grow your food. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had Martian food? Um, I have not. Horrible, I hear. <laughs> I hear it's horrible. But see, that's a weird thing because you're going to have to go garden. You're going to have to go make everything happen. Yeah. And you know what? Ah. Ooh. I have a garden. <laughs> not good. Do they have weeds on Mars? I don't think they have any life on Mars. Hmm. That's good. Oh, so, no. Not till you get there. <laughs> then, then, then you'll be the life of the party. You've got to be worried because uh, you're going to leave your family. You're, I mean, you're going to leave friends. 
you're going to leave some of these people you style their hair and then you – Some of them I want to leave. I know some of you are like, oh, you open your mouth again. It doesn't <laughs> matter. I'm going to Mars. Um, what, what, are you, what, are, what are you most afraid of as you're making this big decision? I guess I'm, I'm most afraid of regretting it forever and I don't think it can ever – I don't know, fully dawn on you until you're actually on no, the planet right. Right. and Earth is just a little yeah. bright speck in, in space. Because I, I think you're right because I went on an LDS mission to Argentina and I thought I was in Mars <laughs> because you're, you're ready to go. Life is great. And you finally get there and it's all of a sudden there's this moment you wake up and you think, what the heck? What do I do now? You can't fully prepare Mm-mm. for something no, like can't. that. And I guess that's the key, though, to all of our life experiences is they're just there to experience. So once you're in and you've made the commitment to be in and you're well-trained, which you will be eventually, mm-hmm. you just you just stay in the present and just experience life. Yeah, exactly. What else could you do? I yeah. guess you could fret and worry about, oh, I wonder what Mars life will be like tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to bet it's a lot like today. Right? <laughs> it's just the same thing over and over. So you're not too worried. Not right now. I, I guess not. So if you make the top 24, then you'll start worrying. Yes. But like I said, I don't think you can ever fully prepare. Sure. But sure, yeah, I'll just keep worrying more and more every day. And then and that's what they do. And then all of a sudden when you make the top four, then you're like, oh, boy, okay, <laughs> this is for real. And then when they strap you in a rocket, <laughs> then it's serious. It's serious. And then when you're finally on your journey, how long is the journey to Mars? It's about seven months. Really? Yes. It's almost a pregnancy. <laughs> almost. But I didn't realize that it – really doesn't take that long to get there. No, it's just a seven-month journey, but that's doable. Yeah. Well, I mean, astronauts are in the International Space Station for that long. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get there. Then you got to land it. I mean, it's always the landing and the takeoff seem like important parts. <laughs> but once you land, you get out, you unpack. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how this works. Hey, we unpack. It's like a camping trip. Well, we'd have to recover probably from space flight because mm. um, your muscles and your bones start yeah. to atrophy a bit. So you have to get out and run <laughs> with a helmet on, I guess. So we're going to just crawl to our habitat, which will be set up ahead of time. They're going to be sending eight cargo missions ahead of time. Are they real? Yeah. They just land and, that, okay, there's your habitat you'll go to. Yes. They're sending a rover and they're, they're sending this is great. Yeah, um, communication satellites. So everything's prepped for us when yeah. we finally get there. Plus, it demonstrates that, hey, we can go to Mars. Yeah. And then you better just pray they all land in the same area. <laughs> like, what if your restroom's like a mile away? You got to take the little vehicle, the rover over. That sounds really fun. I hope I don't crash it though. See, you're very positive. I just would be terrified. Oh well, I guess that's why I'm not going. Yeah, that's why I'm applying. Um, what about your family? What does mom say? I mean, because this is a big deal. Mom's like, oh, kitty. Okay. Mom is a little bit fame hungry. Is so she? she loves that I'm mom having an interview. Really? Yes. And I've been recognized at the grocery store twice. Have you really? Twice. Have you, were these strangers like strange? <laughs> were they like, whoa? I mean, both of them felt really embarrassed coming up to me being like, um, so I don't know. Are you the girl? <laughs> Who's going to Mars? (laughs) Because if you just ask a random person that, it does sound completely crazy. But they were right, so. That is – you're getting famous. So mom's okay with that. Yeah, But but then again, if you get selected, mom's losing her baby. (laughs) Yeah. That's a big deal. Uh, Yeah. Pretty much every phone call ends with her being being like, don't don't go to Mars. But really, don't go. (laughs) No, honey. Like really, no, don't go. (laughs) Do you you have a love interest now? Do you have a boyfriend? I do. What is what is boyfriend saying? He's not thrilled. I bet he's not. No, he's not. He doesn't not. want to lose you. Yeah. That's nice. I mean, don't you think? I, I hope so. 
man, if you guys need some coaching. <laughs> That's the thing. Nobody's ever dealt with this before. I know. So I can't ask someone for advice. No. It's never I, happened. But you know what else is you could have a long distance relationship. <laughs> a lot of those don't work. Yeah. Honestly, I think that would be a little unfair. <laughs> if I start moving forward in the process, I don't I don't think it would be smart yeah. to continue, which is really horrible. That's but. true. But I mean, I guess if he loved you, he'd stick it out. <laughs> no, I I'm guess. Can you imagine? But that's, that's another thing. And when do they finally decide? So when, when can we know if you're in? The top 24 candidates will uh-huh. be chosen by next summer. <sighs> wow. Okay. You know what I'd be saying to him? I'd, you could get right now. You can get anything you want from him. <laughs> you just say, you know, I may, I may be leaving. So maybe you ought to, I don't know, buy me some stuff. No, I'm already like feeling so guilty. Such a heavy burden Are right you? now. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How long have you dated this guy? Uh, about a year. Wow. Yeah. That's hard. When um, I applied for Mars when we just first started dating and – I don't know. At first, it was like, oh, yeah, it that's wasn't a big cute. deal. Yeah, and you cutie patootie. That's true. And nobody uh, thought I would make it this far. So. Well, yeah, they didn't. Everyone know. was pretty supportive then. They did exactly. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do make your dream. But now you're in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in the top 700. Um, anything else worry you about this? I mean, the relationships. That's going to be weird. You might be on a planet, you know, foreign planet for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'd be worried about anything happening to to Earth and. That's true. Yeah, uh, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be like sunshine and daisies, like mm. e- in either place. I think sometimes it's going to be worse on Mars, and sometimes it's going to be worse on Earth. Yeah, and yeah, I don't want, I don't know, a disaster to hit my hometown and not to be there. And you'll still have communication. I will, but there will be a delay. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be like it'll be like really bad Skype. <laughs> Awful. That's yeah. sad. Like hi mom, and then eight minutes later she hears it. Hi. Yeah, but you'll she be famous. She says hi, 16 more minutes. <laughs> but then when you think about it, think about it this way. So then 30 years later, you'll have the greatest reunion ever. <laughs> Maybe. Right? That's the thing. You have to go into this assuming you can never go back. Yeah. Man. That's kind of like, I don't know. I bought a Suburban once <laughs> on a seven-year loan. or loan, And that was kind of like that. Yeah, because that's the same thing. You have to assume it'll never end? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. yeah well, I feel I like student loans I'm just for giggling me. at you. You know, here. it's I'm one. It, these attorneys, they're just so just naughty. I got to practice. Yeah. You know. So, um, okay. Well, I don't know what to say because I feel like good luck is just trite because <laughs> this is life. But you're excited. I am. Everyone has to do this, I don't know, weird balancing act yeah. where they don't want to be too excited for me because then I'll be offended well, yeah. that they want me to yeah, leave the planet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can't wait till you go to Mars. <laughs> or they or like, uh, ha, 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 ha. you're going to Mars, right? Ha, yeah. Ha. yeah. <laughs> so either way, you're kind of, they just don't know what to say to you. No, nobody knows what to say. Well, it's kind of like the plague. <laughs> like in a good way, like, oh, I mean, people had the plague. We can fix that. Maybe you should go back to your suburban analogy. Yeah, it's just there's better. no analogy for going this. to Mars. There's, I'm always exist. trying to find one. You is know, there one? Because you've thought it through. I don't know. Some people have used the uh, terminal illness analogy. Mm. I feel like that's not quite fair because yeah. I'm still going to have communication. Somebody who lost a loved one doesn't, you know. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I think it's a lot like the witness protection program. It is. Like I just have to up and leave. Yeah. It's like you just – yeah. You just, <laughs> hey, this will help Juan. Juan can help us on this. It's like you just helped as a witness to convict you know, some mafioso Don. So I'm doing this for the greater good and then I have to leave and you can't ever talk to me again. You can't talk. But we'll know you're there. Yeah. You'll know that I'm safe. And every time we see someone from the space station and they've got like this seriously awesome do, we'll be like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Her art is still alive. It will be. But yeah. Yeah, I don't like that analogy either. I think the suburban's a better analogy. <laughs> well, we wish you the very best of luck. And we don't want to say goodbye. We would just say good luck. I have a feeling you're going to make the top 24. When you make the top 24, will you come back? Sure. You know, I'll try to remember the little people. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. I can turn off your microphone at any time. Just remember that. Martian's getting all cocky on us. (laughs) But honestly, remember the little people because we could could get callers to call in. We could probably do a fundraiser of sorts because you're going to need clothes. That's true. You're you're 24. You're going to need about, I don't know, 80 years worth of clothes. I bet Mars fashion is going to be really embarrassing. I'm going to guarantee it. <laughs> have you ever seen Have you ever seen um, the Survivor show? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They're going to give you bandanas, <laughs> and then you're going to just wear, I don't know, a coconut. Everything's with... too big for you, oversized. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's because you're not eating. They're all becoming right. emaciated. Well, that too, yeah. I think it'll be like Waterworld. Mm. Oh, Everyone's just oh, using yeah. like really, really, really old stuff yeah. forever. What if you get the uniforms and they're just horrible? Um, I'll try to see past it. Mm. Try to stay positive. Oh, I'd fight for good uniforms. Just bring a glitter pen. Yes, I'm in competition yeah. with these people. I can't, you know, make a stink about the uniforms. I'll just pick someone else. That's a great point. Just do this. Take a bejeweler. Is that what they're called? <laughs> a bedazzler. That's it. Just sneak one in. And then you can just bedazzle and bejewel your wardrobe. I probably have like a weight limit to what I can bring, but I'm going to use all of it for the bedazzler. Oh, I would for sure. And um, some other things you just might want to take. I don't know. I'd take some beef jerky because it travels well. (laughs) And what would you take, Juan? I don't think there's meat on Mars. What would I take? Uh, Probably more beef jerky. I'd take it. Because it travels well. I would take Um, as much beef jerky as you can take. A can of that spray cheese. Because oh. that never goes oh, bad. Oh, no. That's good forever. That'll last you forever. Yeah. Um, that's all I need, really. Mm. Beef jerky and spray cheese. It actually and, sounds And the bejeweler really or bedazzler yeah, or whatever bedazzler. it is. I don't know what it's called. Because what else are you going to do for seven months while oh, yeah. you're on the way there? I think that would be messy in zero gravity. Yeah. So you think that way. We just kind of. That's why she's gone because she thinks through these things. Yeah. We're just like, no, just do whatever. Nah, just take a bedazzler. Nah, can't do anything in zero gravity. It's going to be really boring. Plus, you're just going to get weirdly non-muscular. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just going to be like I was. No, we'll today, start to look like aliens. Pulling a hamstring. <laughs> yeah, you're. You're not. Your face is just going to float. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then There's you're going to land, and, and it has a third of the gravity that we have here on Earth. Yes. So that's where it's going to pay off. Right. We'll be superheroes. You're going to look phenomenal <laughs> for a long time. You'll just be untouchable. Your poor boyfriend. <laughs> okay, I'm here for your boyfriend. I can take care of him. I've got coaching classes. We'll have we'll help him with the separation if he wants to stick it out for 80 years. <laughs> I'll let him know. Let him know. But we're proud of you, and you've got our vote. And seriously, when you make it to the top 24, you'll come back on, right? Yes. And then we'll. By the way, you come back right on. I'll give you. I promise. We'll get you some beef jerky. I don't eat meat. 
Spray cheese it is. Spray cheese it is. Uh, Which actually I think has meat in it. (laughs) Probably. I can't be sure. Well, uh, we're proud of you. Caitlin Kane, is there a website that they can go to? Is there a way that our listeners can influence your – the voters so they vote for Kitty Kane? (laughs) Um, Not necessarily voting right now because I have to still do an in-person interview with the Mars One Selection Committee. But you can go www.mars-one.one.com. Mars-one. Yeah. Dot uh, dot com. Dot com. Okay. Um, And you can get a crater named after you. You can buy a mug. Really? Yeah. Uh, Um. Why? (laughs) A crater. A crater on Mars. A crater on Mars. Oh yeah. That'd That'd be cool. cool. That'd be way cool. Yeah. The Matt Townsend Show crater. They're actually having a special for Father's Day coming up. (gasps) What? I don't know. Three craters for one. Yeah. Price of one. Well, if you buy two craters, then you get a mug free. Oh. Must be. That's a great Okay. Like that. Yeah. And you name a crater after your father and your father-in-law. Oh, my, my father-in-law would love to be named after a crater. <laughs> yeah. Kitty. You don't know my father-in-law. He would not like that. Uh, oh, a crater? Uh, you, you can't buy me a lake? Um, anyway, too sad. Well, we're going to miss you, Katie, or Kitty, Caitlin, and we wish you all the best. Thank you. Appreciate Seriously it. cool. Caitlin Kane, next mayor of Mars. <laughs> How cool is that? That is such a cool title. <laughs> the mayor of Mars. Good luck to you, Katie. And again, go check out mars-one.com. Mars-one.com. Buy yourself a crater and or buy someone you love a crater. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. We're talking about life-changing experiences right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about life-changing experiences, how one decision could send you to Mars for the rest of your life. That's one example from Kitty. Um, But there's other things that we do in a more kind of uh, traditional way, day-to-day, like getting married. Mm -hmm. That is a decision that changes the entire trajectory of life. And some people Mm. don't think of it that way, though. No. No. Well, some of them are like, this is just – finally, well, I'm, I'm you, with the person I love. Yeah. I, 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 sometime you have that ideal of marriage yeah. sitting in your head. I know a lot of people around here that do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's called the uh, mate and switch. There you go. So at first you're like, this is going to be heaven. Oh, well, I mean, in some ways, I know in the culture in our area here, you're it's kind of – ingrained into the youth that yeah. marriage is a wonderful thing. You should be married. You should do that. Yeah. And, and and if you're good. Yeah. And if you're decent, it'll turn out awesome. Exactly. Marriage is awesome. And then all of a sudden, and it is, and it then is. all of a sudden, though, you know, life happens too, right? So let's just say you're married, and but when you were married, you were just in college, and now all of a sudden, your husband wants to go to law school. Mm-hmm. And where before he would come home and make you dinner and rub your feet and all the stuff that Juan would do. <laughs> then all of a sudden – I thought that story sounded familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Then all of a sudden Juan's got to read 60 pages of densely packed blah, blah. 
and case mm-hmm. study. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And so she's probably – we don't know. We're, I'm just supposing she's mm-hmm. probably not always happy with you. Uh, no, I, she's not. But I know it's my fault. Yeah. And it's not even because of the law school. Because oh. what I try and do sometimes is I try and hide behind that. Like, I'm in law school. What do you want me like, to do? What, what, right. what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And he's like – and then I get the eyebrow. I get the look. Yeah. The laser eyes. Yeah, laser oh. eyes. And, and, and I, No, I screwed up. See, no, it's weird because Mike Pond is – I can see him in my rearview mirror and his top lip is quivering He's and there is, a, there is a drip of sweat on the top of it. Because <laughs> you're not married. No, I'm not. So does this scare you to think that you know, marriage is going to change your life that much? Because you live a great life. You date thousands of women a month. You, uh, you go around throwing a javelin here, I, I, here yeah, and I'm there. sitting pretty right now. You yeah. know, I'm having a lot of fun being a bachelor. But you know, I, I do want to get married, but I didn't always want to get married. Why? Um, you know – it seems like it's a lot of work. Well, it yeah. seems like it's hard. It's not like going to Mars. Come on, marriage is such a hard. marriage is a, a a fantasy life that is just it's frolicking through the I mean, field. That's, yeah, yeah. You're that's going what it seems like in the field. movies. There's always yeah. food on the table, and there's always but you know the, fun but, to be had. There, but there is that moment that you're watching a game, and your wife's like, "Can you take the garbage out?" No, mine doesn't even say that. She's like. Come smell this garbage. Oh gosh! <laughs> and I'll go smell it. Yeah, it's bad. And then you go <laughs> yeah. sit down. And then I go yeah. sit down and yeah. watch my game. And then she's all mad, like you're not taking that out. And I'm like, what? Well, you you're didn't not going to take that out. Yeah, you didn't. You told me to you smell, asked me it. To smell it. Matt, why would I ask you to smell it? I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but you did. And situations like that get ten times worse Do when they, you're yeah. in law school yeah. because no, you did not. Ask me oh, to take the garbage yes. out. You just told me to smell it, and I completely fulfilled my responsibilities. Oh, <laughs> and see. I have no liability <laughs> yeah, here but this whatsoever. This is not legal advice yeah. by any means. By the way, that, that is interesting because you now know how to frame an argument, and you're going to <laughs> battle your case. Yeah, absolutely. Your poor wife. What's her name? Anna. Anna. Oh, Anna. Come see me. <laughs> Anna. Oh, gosh. He. Oh, boy. Because my daughter was uh, is a debater. She was she like took state in debates, so. mm-hmm. which by the way, really bad idea to ever have your child ever to support your child to be in debate. That's just not good. Well, mine just made it into student government. Ah, see, she then she turned into that too. Mm-hmm. Well, so now that, you got two candidates for law school right there. Yeah, Great. see, debate uh, and student but then government. but then everything's an argument. Doesn't have to. You can settle. <sighs> You are Out such of court, I hope. an attorney. He's an attorney. Do you ever settle with Anna, or does she just have to settle? Because uh, she, she wins. She yeah. wins. Does that she win every time? Me. Like she should, because I'm yeah. usually the idiot, and I'm the one. Well, no, up. we. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your support, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're First all, day we, back. Actually, we actually all agree. No, but you're not. But that's that's the key, though. Because how long have you been married, Juan? Uh, three and a half years going to be four years in December. How about you, Sean? Uh, just celebrated 17 years last month. Mercy. Mike, how long have you wanted to be married? Uh, maybe like a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes. 23 yeah. years married. Congratulations. Felt more like 30? 12. I was about to say 33, but I, I pulled it back and I said 12. Yeah. See, so it seems better. Mm-hmm. But marriage is good and we don't want to make it sound like... It's not. No, great. but sometimes it's a surpri- it's a surprise yeah. too. You don't realize what you're getting into, even though maybe you've had a relationship for a long time before you get married. Yeah. But you know, if if you get married and then all it's of a sudden you're living together, yeah. yeah, it's different. You find out habits that you didn't know. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's the mate and switch. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, whoa. I had a client once that um, he said his wife's face changed when they got married. 
Wow. And I'm like, what? Well, she just looks different since we've been married. But what it is, she takes her makeup off. Oh. Mm-hmm. And wow. he's like, where did your eyebrows go? <laughs> you know, they have tattoos for that now. But like your eyebrows seem to disappear. But not only that, your friends change too. Oh, yeah. Or they just go away. Yeah. Yeah. Or you never had any. Mm-hmm. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> that is so strange. But your friends do change. And then your life becomes – then everything's kind of about extended family and in-laws and That's parties another thing. and where are we going to go for Christmas. Yeah, you have to spend time with the in-laws yeah. because your your spouse wants to spend time with their family. Yeah. And you want to spend time with your family. Maybe you get in a fight over that. Yeah. It's it, – marriage Sounds... changes you a lot. That the only thing that changes more – you, I think, more than marriage – would be the children. Yeah, we'll talk we'll about talk that later. About later, because the same impact to me of getting married and how that changed my life, children did it did exactly the same effect. It was it like double. It was double the change. And then you think your second child isn't that doubled again, and then the third doubled. It was just and it compounds, compounding and doubling. I'm a lawyer, not an accountant. I know. <laughs> Sadly, none of us are. That's not accounting advice, by the way. That again. Um, Well, this is fascinating. Mike, so have we discouraged you? Uh, You know, it seems like the benefits outweigh the costs. It's something I still want to do, but it seems like it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, I would agree with that statement, actually. I think that was brilliant. You would think you'd be working harder considering how many people we've had you go out with. I am working so hard, Matt. Are you? Yeah, it's it's rough. I saw him texting during the other segments. Yeah, there. he was already He's working got, angles. Honestly, this guy, we should send him to Mars. Mm. <laughs> he could take his javelin. They they might need you there. It might travel I might farther. Blow a hole in the biodome and just <laughs> <laughs> that must be a running joke because I have no idea what the javelin is. Well, look it up online. Um, it's on our. It's online somewhere. It was a, it was a javelin accident here on campus. No big deal. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, you know, more talk, more interesting insight. In fact, Mike's going to come talk to us about uh, how gangs, when he was a child, some gangs were targeting his house and how that impacted him and still impacts him to this day. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side. Today, we are talking about change and life-changing experiences. You know, sometimes life-changing experiences you go make happen, like Kitty was talking about, Kitty Kane, who's, uh, you know, put her name in to go to the Mars, to on a Mars excursion, like, uh, no, to Mars camp. For the rest of her life, she'll be gone to Mars. And uh, she was willing to do that, but that's a pretty big change. You know, then we talked about Juan, who goes to law school. It's only a three-year commitment. Yeah, that's all. And then he'll be paying for it for another 20. And then but he'll be practicing for another 45 years. And it's yep. impacting uh, You pretty much wrapped up my life. Yeah, But it's a, it's, a great, it's a great accomplishment, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Good job. And then... 
there's sometimes where you don't want the experience. It happens. It happens. So that would be an illness, an accident. You know, hypothetically, you're at the stands watching a track meet, an errant javelin. Foink! Then all of a sudden, you're in rehab. Hypothetically. We'd now like to bring on Michael Pond. Michael uh, is one of our producers. He likes to consider himself the top producer. And and he is, uh, next to Sean, uh, um, who is the executive top producer. And as as Mike's been kind of putting together for us, he had something that happened to him as a kid. How old were you, Mike? I think I was about seven years old. Seven years old. This is one of those experiences in life you didn't want to have happen. Didn't even, but it, but it happened. Life it, happened. Talk about it. And then you interviewed your dad. I want to, we'll, we'll listen to that. Yeah, I, I talked to him on the phone. It was funny because uh, a lot of things I remember about the experience are different than what actually happened. Well, you were I was, seven. I That's was right. so young. Uh, but what happened was this uh, group of kids, this little gang of kids uh, targeted our home and uh, started to vandalize and it, it just escalated and it kept getting worse and worse. And I remember the police uh, in our home looking at bullet holes and, and it got it got a little – See, I was thinking of like – uh, what was the well, name? We'll, Spanky the and the gang. What were that? What's the name of that group? What is it? Our gang. Our gang. Like yeah. you know, but I was thinking just a gang of buddies. But no, this is a real gang. A well, gang. well, well. I think it was. It wasn't like an actual gang, but it was kind of this one kid got his group of friends, and ah. and initially we thought it was a gang, but yeah. it turned out, and I thought it was high schoolers, but they're actually in middle school, and, uh, and they're packing heat. Yeah. Okay. So well, BB guns. Well, BB guns still though. Yeah. So this is this is. Your experience. Now you're going to interview your dad. He's going to talk about how it impacted. Yeah, here's a portion of that conversation. Well, sure. Um, it was actually we we lived right behind a middle school. They were actually middle school kids. Yeah, they were seventh and eighth graders. A group of them, for whatever reason, targeted our house right on the corner behind the middle school, and started throwing rocks through the windows on a regular basis and. My wife was telling me we had our window smashed out six times. And, uh, of course, we reacted in a normal way. We called the cops, had the window replaced. The cops took a report and uh, said, well, yeah, we don't know who did it. There's not much we can do. And it kept happening over and over again. And so... It got to be pretty frustrating because I was working out of town. I was 400 miles north, and my wife, uh, Tracy, was home with the kids, two young kids by herself, and this this vandalism, repeated vandalism was happening, and it was quite unnerving for, for me and, of course, for her and even the kids, I guess, I guess – uh, you still remember that, Mike? Oh yeah, you know I remember being in the living room and a rock coming smashing through the the window and landing, you know, about a foot away from me and glass being everywhere. Yeah, it was particularly frustrating because there was no answer, there was no way to resolve it. We'd call the authorities, they'd take a report, and that was the end of it. There was nothing more that could be done, and there was no way to stop it. So, so one day. Uh, Tracy sort of took matters into her own hands. She was a sprinter in high school, very, very fit at that time. And she was standing in the kitchen one morning, and a rock came flying through the window. 
Once again, this was the sixth time, and without hesitation, she sprinted to the back of the house, straight out the back door, across the backyard, bounded over the back fence, and took hot pursuit after this group of kids that was fleeing. And she was able to overtake a couple of these kids, grabbed, they, they were wearing their backpacks, and they're running back to school. She grabbed them by the backpacks, and they were able to wiggle out of their backpacks. And so she had two backpacks in her hands, and she walked straight to the, uh, the administration's office at the middle school, and they were able to identify a couple of these kids from their backpacks. And uh, so we had, we had finally got the kid ID'd who was throwing these rocks through the window. And then we went to the police and they said, of course, oh, yeah, we know him. He already had a long rap sheet, even though he was only 13 years old. That, that must he, have been scary to kind of confront this, this uh, kid who'd been – over and over and over again, uh, vandalizing our home. Yeah, and, and we, we didn't understand what the motive was, you know, why why was he behaving this way. It just didn't make any sense. And um, we came to find out that he was just a very, very unhappy, very troubled teenager. He had a lot of social problems. Um, mental problems, and this was sort of his standard mode of behavior. He just his outlet. not conformed to anything. How did this affect you and my mother? Well, it was uh, it was very frustrating and quite um, quite unnerving, and. The the problems escalated to the point where this kid was stalking our house at night. We we saw somebody walking in the backyard late at night. He actually threw a mailbox through the front window of the home in the in the uh, middle of the night, and it was getting to the point where we were we were really in a lot of fear. Especially since I wasn't even home, I was working 400 miles away. So, you know, I called the authorities and did everything that I could. I met with the police chief, but there was really not much we could do until we finally identified the kid. And then uh, the police department, you know, they they can't throw him in jail. They they kept releasing him to the cognizance of his recognizance of his parents, and the parents were just as frustrated as we were. And so. You know, we we uh, determined that we just had to leave. We just had to leave the house and leave the area, which we ended up doing. And um, we were in the process of of I was in the process of getting a new job out of the area anyway. But it just expedited the whole process, and we just couldn't wait to get out of there. So we went to a new area, settled, made new friends, and it was quite a quite an adjustment for the whole family, and quite. Quite a traumatic experience, which um, we all still remember. How, how did you deal with that? I mean, that that kind of maybe pushed you in a situation into a big change in your life that you weren't ready for, or maybe weren't prepared to make at that time. How? What's the best attitude to had, have? How, how did you uh, attack that? Well, 
it was very difficult for my young family to to make those adjustments but i think that in the grand scheme of things many many people are confronted with great change and and great challenges that sometimes you just have no choice but adjust to and you have to get through it and and to uh move into new territory and i think it's it's just uh life throws at you things that at times where you don't have any choice you just have to be a pioneer and move into new territory and so that's what we did and many people do that on a daily basis and it you know having your window broke out is not the worst thing that could happen you know we we never were harmed physically. We we never had anything really seriously happen. And I'm sure this young man is going to have a very challenging life if he doesn't uh, figure out a better way to live. So, you know, sometimes we focus on our own problems to the point where uh, it can be detrimental. But we need to look beyond ourselves and be strong enough to move forward and uh accomplish new things. I remember the very first time that we had walked into our new home after that experience as a family, and we sat down in the living room, and we talked about the kind of attitude uh, that we were going to have in that new environment, and uh, we just kind of set goals and, and made plans, and that really helped us get a great head start into that that big uh, change in our lives. And and uh well and you you were a little kid at the time and i i didn't realize that it had made such a big impression on you but um that's the way life is you know by small and simple things are great things brought to pass well thank you so much for for sharing your your thoughts with us i really appreciate it all right well my pleasure and uh good luck with your radio show thanks dad well done what a great dad He's a great dad. Quoting scriptures, motivational, and he never went and just, you know, the natural thing was take the kid out. He just chose the high road. You know, he he didn't we didn't talk about this on the phone, but I guess uh as as part of the the process the police officer wanted the kid to to meet with my parents mm. and and they had some kind of conflict resolution. Uh, where where the kid came and sat in our living room and talked with my mom and and my mother says that uh, that was a great big step for her in the healing process from that event and that experience, uh, but we knew his name we knew yeah. where he lived uh, but there wasn't really anything we could do about it. Well, th- there's a rule I always use that says um, never let the most relationally challenged person uh, lead the lead the relationship or lead the show. So this boy was obviously messed up. Right now. You know, it was really cool, and it's probably one of the principles of when life kind of hands you an experience and you've got to take it on, you, you really probably ought to move to action relatively quickly. If you spend too long analyzing, you could start, especially negative analyzing, like, oh, they must hate us, we're an outcast, nobody loves us in this neighborhood. And instead of just finding out, because when your mom bolted out the door, you know, started chasing these people, jumped over a huge fence, apparently. It was bigger than she – Yeah, the, it was about like a ten foot, Yeah, ten and I heard feet. she just did it in a single bound. Well, she was a – she's a, a little modest. Yeah, but she was. Does she have a javelin? 
Uh, no, she okay, didn't. Because um, then that would have been bad. But she got. <laughs> but so by her simply acting on it, and that's I guess one of the rules of life changing experiences. At some point, you've you've got to just do what you can do. And what you guys could do is move. You know, six times later, six broken windows later. I mean, that was just with rocks. Yeah, yeah you but. guys. But you you finally acted on it instead of just analyzing it and you know feeling a victim. You took your mom, especially it sounds like, took it in her hands and. She solved the problem. And then she went and faced the kids. Yeah. And then sadly, we don't let this child who's so broken, we're not going to let him lead your the rest of your life, right? No. You're, so no you're way. okay. You're over this. Yeah, I'm fine. But uh, there was an adjustment period that we had to go through. I mean, that I was bet. scary. This this was like, it wasn't very well, long, for about a, a seven-year-old six, especially. Six-week period, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it was like three or four days in a row. The the window people would come. They'd fix the window. The police would come, take a report. I, and then the next night, they'd break the window again. Oh, you know? cow. Is that when you picked up the javelin? You know, that's that's when I started. You know, right around that time, I think uh, the the 96 Olympics were happening <laughs> and I was, you know. You could have done figure ready. skating or whatever, but you went with the javelin. Well, again, I think that's a really good example. Life's going to happen to us. And that's just one example, obviously. I mean, sickness, illness. Uh, bankruptcy, death of somebody, tragic accidents, weird stuff happens to all of us. But uh, maybe some of the principles are very simply knowing who you are, knowing what your principles, your values are, and living by your values. Living by your principles is a great way to begin. We're going to continue this discussion today, life-changing experiences, sometimes the good, sometimes the bad, sometimes you know the ugly. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get to some of the good again. Brooke Walker is going to be joining us. She's going to talk about some of her life-changing experiences and how that took her down a path of her own career, her own life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about life-changing experiences. It really can be an incredible catalyst to motivate us to, uh, it's the weirdest things, just little events in our lives. You know, they make us, they break us. And and again, the funny thing is, if we live long enough, we're all going to have a huge list of life-changing events. You know, the passing of someone very special or somebody, you know, just telling you, I remember my wife saying, you really would be good in journalism because I was wanting to lean towards journalism, but I needed kind of someone to say that. Or like I remember when I told Juan, Juan, you act like an attorney. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go to law school then. Yeah, take all the credit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I did not know Juan was even going to law school. Yeah, you did. Until – Didn't I tell you before? No, you did before. Okay. Um, but you had already applied. So oh, you weren't right. like saying, so then hey, it was Matt, should I go? Because I would have talked you out of it. Right. I well, other people tried to too. Did they? But that's why I went to BYU. But see, it's- I would have talked you out of it for a different reason because I would have put you in one of my multi-level marketing opportunities. <laughs> no. Because yeah. if you could just get three people under you and they get three people, boom, bada boom, bada boom, we're yeah, millionaires. Yeah, then you're rich. Mm-hmm. And then you can go buy that Ferrari that they show in the catalogs. That's right. Or the motorhome if you want to travel the country. Or have the Ferrari pull the motorhome across the country. Wow. They could do it, I bet. Okay, when you're done with law school, we got to talk. Um, 
Here's the deal. I uh, got a great friend. He's going to law school, not mechanic school, okay? No, I know, but he can, I mean, everyone needs a lawyer friend, right? Well, there's patent law. You could do that. Yeah. There's a lot of law. That sounds weird. Um, <laughs> on the phone, Brooke Walker, a great friend of mine, and I uh, was just, I just spent the morning with Brooke and about 200 raving, wonderful women who are so in love with this this woman. Brooke is the host and executive producer of the Lifestyle Show Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. She's a member of the award-winning KSL News Team and works with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center. Brooklyn Walker, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hello, friend. I miss you. It's been like three hours. I know. How was your lunch? It was really good. I went to lunch with my mother and my father, and we had a great time. They are good people. We, I, I got to people. talk a lot to them today. Thanks for being so kind to them. They no, like you a lot. Do they? Well, I would adopt them. <laughs> they could be except my adopted for, parents. Except for are they older than you? I can't be sure. I think they are. They are. Oh, that's yeah. rude. Yeah, they are <laughs> no, for I sure. Didn't mean that like no, that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No. But your mom would have been ten weird. if your mom had delivered me. She'd be ten years old. When she delivered Hey, hey um, amazing now here's the deal because this is, I think, a key because life-changing experiences, are, that's what we're talking about on the show today. Good and, topic. Don't you think? Yes. Really good show. we've all had them. Well, and today as I watched you, you did a live show today. So normally your show is just in a nice kind of little uh, sterile studio with just quiet, quiet. Yeah. yeah, you have incredible control. Everything is just easy, flawless. Everyone just says yes, ma'am, to you. Today, well, let's hope. Well, ish, but you today you had I don't remember I don't know the numbers, but it probably 140 yeah, women. Yeah, I think about 150 people in that yeah. studio, and two, three men, four men. Uh, three, four. I think yeah. If you count the stage manager, Jeff, then I think that'd be four. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, but uh, you then again had just as much control. So, uh, so as I'm watching you today, I'm thinking Brooke is in her natural state. You are oh doing something and you are trans, you, you have become this person that you probably always wanted to be. Oh, that's so kind of you. Did do you feel that way? Well, I feel, I think, mm, yeah. How do you say that? I do think there are moments when you're, maybe doing what you were supposed to do or doing at least what you've worked hard to accomplish, but you feel moments where it does click. I don't know if yeah. this morning was one of those moments, but yeah. I will say that when I'm writing down as a journalist, when I'm sitting down at my desk and I'm crafting out these stories and putting together these interviews, I sometimes do feel these moments where it does click and you think, okay, I like this, you know, and I'm feeling this, this rhythm of what I'm doing. But you're kind about this morning. This morning was fun. These ladies love you. Are you kidding me? Oh. You were a rock star when you walked out. You know, yeah. It's because I was wearing a tight sequined um uh, outfit that you gave me. Yeah, and the clip-on earrings, I think, really added a lot. That, to do you the think whole, that pushed a lot? I think that added a lot yeah. to your overall image and respect. I yeah, kind of felt like I had gone a little bit over. But um, <laughs> What was that, the temporary tattoo on the side of your arm? Yeah, what? that was totally yeah. weird, wasn't it? It's, um, But... I love it. I I think you love it. Now talk to me about this cuz and don't don't let's not tell let's wait till after this first break before you tell us your story of how you figured out that Brooke needs to go big time. Oh boy, I don't know about big time. But you 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 need to go big time. Oh gosh. Did you well, always you know? Because you're so kind. Well, no, but you left BYU 
And BYU is a great like training ground for for broadcasters. And you kind of left top of class. You had a good job right out uh, right out of the shoot. Did, did, did does this all just come natural to you, or was there an well, event? There was certainly an opportunity, which I'm so grateful for. And I'm quick to say that you know a lot of great opportunities come from there is luck involved. So yes. you, you know I'd yep. be kidding myself if I didn't acknowledge the luck of the timing and the gratitude of the opportunity, but it's a lot of work. It's not like you just suddenly, you know, boom, land and arrive. There's a lot of work, and I think there's a lot of self-discovery along the way, like you're crafted toward this opportunity and you're shaped toward this opportunity. It's up to you if you really choose to soak that up and bring that upon yourself. But I I, I always emphasize with interns and with anyone wanting to get into this business or any business for that matter, just the need to work and to really dig in. It's not – TV sometimes comes across as this glamorous – sparkly, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think the work pays off not only in the career opportunities, but it pays off in your personal preparedness and allows you to enjoy the experience down the road. I heard of a coach, a football coach, and you know me in sports, don't ask yeah. names or teams, <laughs> but this was recently, and I think it was a baseball coach, or, and no, it was a football coach, I'll take that back. And he, would, he had amounted to some great, his team had amounted to some great success, and a reporter asked him, um, and you stepped in your very first year of coach and you're coaching and you're having this incredible year and this is year one for you. Like you're brand new to the program and how have you done it? And he, he said, this might be my first year to the program and, and it might be my first year as coach, but I spent the last 10 years writing my playbook. Mm. And he had, he spent the last 10 years as, as an assistant coach or as a team captain watching how other coaches did it. And yeah. all the while silently just writing out what he called his little personal playbook. So now in the heat of the moment when he was called to action, he already knew how he was going to react, what he was going to do. And I, I think that applies to all of us. Like, uh, we're not always going to all be given this great opportunity in the right moment as we see it. But preparing and building up toward what will be an opportunity for us down the road, who knows when, is, is an opportunity you really need to seize. And then everybody looks at you like, oh, you're just this overnight success. But really, you've been building the playbook, going through it in your mind, thinking over it every night. Starting yeah. at every level and building this, and that's with everybody, right? Kind of a, a sense of their character, their abilities. It's being willing to risk. It's failing Absolutely. a million times. You know, and it goes with the ups and the downs. I know that every time I walk away from a tender or sensitive interview, whether it be me talking to a mother whose three-year-old little boy, last week I was just interviewing a mom whose three-year-old little boy was just diagnosed with cancer, mm. or whether you're talking to the family of a fallen soldier, or I drive away from those interviews every time. It's hard not to get caught up in their sadness and their struggle, but I always find myself thinking, how would I react? Yeah. And I can't say that anyone can ever be fully prepared for something like that, but right. I hope at least I've mentally entertained this training ground so that when it does hit, whether it be professionally or personally, you have built up, you've built your playbook, and you hopefully have some tools and some, some role-playing opportunities in your own brain that will allow you to handle that trial or that success a little better. Brooklyn Walker. Let's take a break. We're going to come back and uh, hear more from Brooke. She's going to give us some more tools about this training ground. How do we build the personal playbook? What are some of the keys to to understanding really who we are and taking every experience? I mean, all of these things on earth should be giving us experience, right? They should be influencing our spirit to be stronger, healthier. You know, they don't always add up to this beautiful scenario always, but it still could add up to a very beautifully strong Uh, successful human being. We're going to take a break. More after this with Brooke Walker right here on the Matt Townsend Show.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about life-changing experiences. What if we could go through life and slowly, you know, take every experience, find a way to turn it to our advantage, to our learning, to understanding more about ourselves? What if we could build a playbook and actually kind of accrue knowledge and experience as we're going? So it's not kind of this shotgun approach, but we're really very targeted. Every time something happens, whether it's it's an experience we weren't anticipating, a tragedy, some you know sudden thing um, that just sneaks up on us in life, or whether it's just our lifelong goal to get to Mars, whatever it is, all these things should be giving us experience. Brooke Walker is joining us again. Brooke is the host and executive producer of the Lifestyle Show Studio 5 with Brooke Walker, which you can find here um, actually in the Intermountain West on KSL um, Television, KSL News. She's a member of the award-winning KSL News team and works with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center. Brooke Walker, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Hello, sir. Hello. Hey, Brooke. Hello. Here's the deal. So you um, talk about your playbook and your personal playbook and, and kind of your training. How have you been figuring out life and taking experiences? How did you figure out, you know, what you wanted to be when you grew up? How did you figure it all out? Well, I'm still figuring it out. So yeah. First, I have to. I have That's to a great throw that point. It's a day by day. But I will say one thing that I'm grateful for that I think afforded me not only opportunities but perspective is to set very flexible goals. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. I'm not a huge goal setter. I yeah. kind of see every day as a goal. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> just know? surviving. Yeah. Just surviving. If I can get to the gym today, great. If not, I'll do better tomorrow, which I realize isn't necessarily the strongest pattern for success. But I'm a big believer personally in just the flexible goals. And so um, growing up, I did, you know, I remember watching the news as a, as a young girl. And I remember my mom kind of planting that seed and saying, you could do that. You could totally do that. You could get in front of that camera and you could tell stories and you could do interviews and you could share the headlines. And that was a seed that planted early. And so I kind of started rolling that around like, oh, I could do that. I, I'm going to be interested. And suddenly that turned into, I'm going to be a journalist when I grow up. And suddenly that turned really? into, I'd like to have my own show. And it certainly was a snowball effect. But I will say I was always flexible. Yeah. I can't say the road happened exactly how I would have paved it, which whose road ever right. ends up because know, paving perfectly. You would have just been Oprah. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, if you could just come right out, who who doesn't want to just, oh, I just want... I just want to be Oprah. But in reality, right. you, you've you got a great gig going, which honestly may be better than Oprah. I feel pretty fortunate. Yeah. I feel fortunate that I can do what I love locally by my family. and yeah. But I do think there's something to that flexibility. I think you're right. I have, I have a colleague I'm thinking of and a very, very talented, talented journalist. And she had her mindset on a bigger prize. And when that didn't happen, when that work opportunity, that professional opportunity didn't happen for her, it was do or die. It was, mm. I won't say throw the talent because she worked hard and she had a successful career, but she certainly took the right turn because she wasn't given the opportunity she had worked so hard for. And so that's where the flexibility of yeah. the goals comes in. A lot of times the best, coolest, neatest, most rewarding opportunity comes when you least expect it. And yeah. that certainly was the case for me. I set out to be a little reporter and it ended up spiraling into a lifestyle show, which now I'm happy and I'm fulfilled and I love what I'm doing and I'm passionate about it. But it's just being open to somebody else's larger plan for you. Yeah, it seems like the rigidity is where life's going to take you on. It's, yeah. If you can be flexible, dynamic, but then take the principles you're learning because you're, you don't just do a lifestyle show, but you're, you're also a really good uh, ad-libber. 
So in, in, in journalism and media, anybody that can talk on their feet pretty well, that's, yeah. that's a huge advantage. But you also can go do hard news and you can anchor. So you tend to be kind of a, a skill player, but you, you also – you're the, the player that can pretty much play every part. And that's probably testament to your flexibility. Flexibility, I think, goes a long way. I really do. Sure. sure. What, what else? What are, what are some other things you found as kind of a key tool? You know, one thing, and, and this is a phrase that a girlfriend just taught me last week, so don't mind if I do, I'll borrow it. But yeah. her phrase was, um, successful people are, in, in, in the case of us and us being women, we being women, um, are yes girls. And I, and I kind of pushed pause and said, what do you mean by that? What is a yes girl? And, and she said, a yes girl is someone who will say yes even if they don't necessarily want to or even if they don't necessarily see that benefiting them. Or obviously you're not going to say yes to things that compromise your values or your right. standards. That's off the table. But in terms of opportunities, you know, she gave the, the case scenario that, um, you know, she was single well into her 30s living in New York and, you know, New York is this magnetic city. And she said, if I would have let myself, if I would have been the no girl, I would have been in my bed every night at nine o'clock, <laughs> yeah. my covers over my head, trying to drown out the street traffic and the cabs and the hustle and bustle of the people. But instead, as a single gal in New York, when somebody would call me and say, hey, at nine o'clock, do you want to get out of bed, throw some makeup on and go to a movie? She found herself more often than not trying to say yes when she could. And yeah. it opened up the door to fun. It opened up the door to experiences, but it also opened up the door to opportunities because a lot of times we're so inclined to say no to things that A, don't interest us, or B, don't opportunities that don't speak to our skill set when really, how are you going to grow and gain? So true. Yourself up, you know? So, so if really, if the goal is to get as many experiences in your life as you can, yes to experience is a great goal. Yes. Yes. Let yes him in. Girl. Be the yes guy. Just yeah. say yes when you can. And that kind of leads to another aspect of, I think, growth and, and unexpected life changes is, is just being able to do things that scare you. And I'm, I'm bad at this. This is like me giving myself advice. But doing things that push you out of your comfort zone, and we all have different comfort zones. Yeah. If you're really going to fully take advantage of your life potential and your life opportunities and those change of life you know, scenarios, you've got to be willing to kind of get outside of your shell a little bit and push, push your own boundaries. You know, I thought of you, I was watching uh, Jimmy Fallon, and I, I don't know what he's like. I know you've met him. Yes. And, but that, I have never seen anybody that is more, he must not have a comfort zone because he seems to do everything. He'll lip sync He'll yeah. he'll do a skit. He'll play a game, and I guess it's all scripted or whatever. But still, I I wonder what he wouldn't do. Wouldn't that be fascinating to see what somebody like Jimmy Fallon? But when you also think about Jimmy, just kind of naturally, he was never the guy that you thought, oh yeah, he'll naturally just go replace Jay Leno. Right? No, he, he wasn't the natural obvious choice. But he's, he apparently said yes to a lot of things, yep. and and he seems to not have very much that scares him. Or no, at least fakes it. And another thing he shared with me, which I thought was so interesting, I interviewed him just a few weeks ago in New York in his studios there, and I asked him, I just made the offhanded observation, I said, I love how you come out clapping. I don't know if you noticed, but every night when his little music, hey, 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 starts playing <laughs> in the curtain part, Jimmy Fallon comes out, not sauntering, not waving, but he is clapping his hands off. You know what huh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I said, I love how you bring the energy. Like, you get, you're, you come out excited. He goes, oh, I'm not bringing the energy. He goes, I'm starting my own applause. He goes, you have to pump yourself 
up from the inside out. He comes out clapping in hopes of, you know, building it up and yeah. spreading the energy through his audience. He goes, if I don't clap, you'll hear crickets, you know, just a <laughs> humble tongue-in-cheek approach. But I love that, that, that advice to pump yourself up and keep the excitement going because then the show can start and then the fun yeah. can happen. Well, and finding out what works for you. I mean, if that works for him, um, that's great. You know what I mean? That was that's that's the key, I guess. And that's like your personal playbook. If your personal yeah. playbook, like some people need to go be have quiet time and and listen to a song to motivate them and pump them up before a game, and some need to just clap themselves up, and some don't need anything. Maybe I'm sure some right. need a drink, and some need, you know, some <laughs> caffeine, and some need whatever. Um, but knowing yourself too, and maybe that's part of finding, you know, finding a real life changing experience is knowing yourself well enough that you know how to motivate yourself, but also how to push. Yeah. You know? What and, pushes you? What is your, how do you push yourself? Oh, uh, well. You're pretty out there. You're pretty, I'm mean, yeah. not put you in the Jimmy Fallon category of mm. willing to try anything. In fact, we uh, issued a dare to yeah. um, show contributors, and you found yourself running with a fire crew, yeah. uh, putting out fires at the Salt Lake International Airport as part of your dare. So you're pretty adventurous. Yeah-ish. Um, but that, yeah, but see, that wasn't, that was super fun for me. So I picked the dare. But like, if you yeah. said, hey, um, okay, today was an example. Uh, on your show, that's I did that. I had to pick up a bag with my mouth on one foot, balancing on one foot, and bend Hold over on. and Let's do. Set this up properly. Yeah. Okay. Fun family games. Yeah. How can you make bringing home and unpacking the groceries fun? Well, Matt demonstrated. You take the brown grocery bag yeah. and you cut it off so it's like leveled lower to the ground. Yeah. Then on one foot, mm. and that delicately and gracefully demonstrated, yeah. one foot in the air, one foot on the ground, you <laughs> bend over and pick up that bag with your teeth. You did that on television. Totally did it. Hey, by the way, uh, hamstring, still burning. <laughs> I pulled my hammies. I pulled my hammies on your, <laughs> on your show. I hammies ever again. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I had a hammy. I had to look it up because my legs were burning and it says, oh, that's a hamstring. So I pulled my hammies. But see, that's an example for me. That's not, that was not in my comfort zone. That was out of my comfort zone. Well, see, you can check that box then. You've done it. Well, that's the last time I'll ever do that. (laughs) Those hammies are screaming. (laughs) My my hammies are burning. But part of it is, um, but that's it. I have to, I kind of know what mine is, but... Then I what I'm finding out is no one knows when I'm out of my comfort zone but me. So you hide it really well. Uh-huh. You fake it. You just fake it. And then everyone yes. thought I was okay with that, but inside I was crying like a little baby in the fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> and then I knew it was bad when my that. hammies were burning. Replay on slow mo. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Um that Brooke, I think I think you're you're very inspirational, I guess, and that everyone is. That, that's why I'm saying if if your if your goal isn't to have your own lifestyle show like Studio Five with Brooke Walker, then but it could be being an attorney like Juan Mikares wants, or it could be you know it could be anything. It could be starting yeah. a blog. It could be you know driving, having your own truck. It could be right. anything. Right. But make a playbook is what you're teaching us. I love that playbook. Yeah, make a playbook and be learning even when you aren't doing. Be learning and watching even when you aren't the one in the driver's seat. Try to you know build up to that moment. You will be given the keys and the will, and you can take the car wherever you want it. Stay flexible. Do things that scare you and start your own applause. And please stretch your hands oh. before you participate oh. in any extracurricular activity. Yeah. <laughs> that is such good advice. Brooke, we get the whole cornucopia with you. 
from flexible <laughs> goals to flexible hammies. You yes, did. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah, you did. You did it again. You're just you're a plethora of great information. <laughs> Brooke, you're, we love you. You're the best. And uh, we look okay. forward to hearing from you again in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Thank you. Stay strong. Go check out Brooke. Uh, just go to KSL.com. Look for Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. Honestly, there's... It's she's the real deal. And show after show after show, you can go see all of her videos, you know, plus you might be able to see me stretching my hammies, actually breaking and burning my hammies into this little fire of my thighs. Uh, We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend show. We're coming back. We're going to wrap up the show on life changing experiences. We're going to be talking about how children gifts from heaven sometimes create life-changing experiences. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, kiddos. We're wrapping it up. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to have the wrap-up of the show. Before we do that, of course, uh, our wonderful executive producer, Sean Leroy O'Neill. Wow. What's your middle name, Sean? Michael. Sean Michael O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon I'm going to be Juan Leroy. No, Juan, your middle name's plural. We Juan can't... Carlos de los Sagrados Corazones de Mijares, el hijo de Jesús, la Santa Virgen. I messed it up. Yeah, you I've been practicing and I, I know you messed it up. it up. Sure. That is a big name. Jeez. I'll try tomorrow. Yeah, try it again tomorrow. Yeah. Let's uh, just go with Juan. But just going to take till tomorrow to remember it. Let's just call you John. No, my, my name is Juan. 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 People Juan think Carlos. my name is Juan. Do they, John. Or John, yeah, rather. But it's and Juan. that I'm just, oh, you think you're it's faking. cool to yeah. change your no, name no. into Spanish. It's your, your name is Juan. It is. And it's Juan Carlos. De. Juan Carlos de los Sagrados Corazones de Jesús, Hijo de María, la Santa Virgen de Guadalupe, bendita sea su nombre, Mijares Gerard. Really? Yeah. What's with the Gerard? That's my mother's maiden name. Because in, in like Mexico and Latin America, you have your paternal uh-huh. last name and your maternal last name. So on my father's side, they're all from Mexico. Yeah. Or on my grandfather's. Anyway. And then on my mother's side, they're straight up pioneer heritage. Yeah. As wide as can be. LDS. And so I've got this big, long expansion. And then hey, You know what? Let me just tell you, uh, as somebody that has signed an autograph before, you would not want to sign autographs that way. I'd Mm-mm. just sign it JC. That's exactly what I would do. JC Nicaras Gerard. 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 I can't roll my R's anymore. Why not? I don't know. I think it was... The hammy accident. No, oh, okay. You pull your hammies, you lose your you rolling lose your of the R's. R's. Hey, uh, Shawnee. You. Talk to me about children because you, we're you thinking of having some? I, uh, I've got, <laughs> I've had plenty. I have six beautiful gifts from heaven. Mm-hmm. Gifts, yes. Gifts from heaven, which we learned. And again, on Thursday, coming up later this week, Thursday. I want to know what heaven's return policy is. There's no return policy. <laughs> Should have read the fine print. <laughs> I yep. know. They're yours, and, and, and they're wonderful. But on this Thursday, we're, we have a wonderful interview with the, the Duggars. The Duggards. Yeah. Duggars. Duggars. Uh, Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar, and they're wonderful children, three of their, three of their daughters. beautiful daughters, mm-hmm. the, old, the oldest of the children. And they taught us that children are a gift from God. Oh, very much so. And they and are. And I would agree with them. They totally are. Yeah. It, and they're an experience. They're here to give you an experience. <sighs> Is that what that is? Yeah. Wow. In a good way, right? 
<laughs> it's hard. Oh, kids are yeah, hard. And, uh, earlier in the show, you talked about how um, just as much uh, you had just as much of a change of your life oh. when you got married yeah. as you did when you, or even yeah. more when you had a kid. With every kid, the difficulty doubled. I and didn't. I didn't think that you didn't. No. Wow, you got good kids. But it took at least three kids to not have it double. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean it didn't expand. Yeah. But but see, with three kids. But with once you've had three, and then you have a fourth one. No, oh, yeah, it's huge. The the experience is there. But they, what they're saying though is, two kids. You one child, you double team, right? Two kids, you man to man. Well, three, yeah. You three got, kids, you got the zone. You got a zone. You have to go to zone. Yeah, but four kids, it's just a prevent. It defense. is. So That's four it above, it's just hard. Oh, very much but so. I, I actually Even did, just one, though. No, but I would think – I actually thought four – you know, you, I thought you'd eventually get ahead of the game because you've got this curve, this no, learning curve. No, no. but then – You don't. They bring – these are different kids. They bring different issues. It's so much it, – it's, it's, it gets even more complicated when the personalities start coming out yeah. and you realize, oh, wait a minute. i got to have these interests, too, and yeah. then I have to in- include these interests over here and these interests here and – it's hard. Oh my gosh! But you survived. But when you were for okay, first child. Yeah, you have your first child. Oh yeah, and beautiful. And then all of us, yeah, you have the joy. Mm-hmm. I, I always love Bill Cosby's bit on yeah. having having the first child. Well, I well, I don't remember it. Well, he talks about how how you know you're you're thinking everything everything this child does is just <laughs> gold. Cute. Oh no, it's true. Mm-hmm. Even like when you're changing your diaper, exactly. you're like, oh, you're like, oh look, look at that. that. Look at the cutie. Honey, come see this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so messed up. I know. I know. By the fourth child, you're not doing that. Yeah. No, no. You're, you're actually pretending you don't smell anything. Exactly. Then my wife's like, you don't smell that? I'm but like, what? You know what? What I didn't know is even with your – when you have your, your child, they it doesn't really smell until they start eating solid food. Oh, uh, see. Wow. That and that was surprising to me, and I thought, Ugh. "Well, this is easy." Yeah, you know, I'm changing diapers, thinking this isn't this is nothing. Come on! But do you remember and that moment when they changed. came out of the diaper and when they were oh, no longer yes. in a diaper, and you thought, honestly, you had just well, reached nirvana? Oh, no kidding! <laughs> that is so such a wonderful place. But you know, when you have a kid, yeah. okay, when you go from being just the two of you to now the three of yeah. you, just the three of you, that focus though. That changes your life yep. tremendously. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, did you notice? Uh, like I remember pulling away from the hospital with my wife in the back seat, and they're putting this baby in my car. And in my head, I'm thinking, you guys have no idea. Oh, they didn't they, – I had to put the baby in the car. Did Oh, you did. See, they, they had to lock ours in the car seat. Oh, no. And, they had to make sure we had a car seat. Yeah, they yeah. checked it, but, but I had to do it. But I'm thinking, I can't believe you're letting us go because we are I know. clueless. Exactly. We are clueless. Oh, very much so. And then that first night with that baby up you're all thinking, night. You're um, thinking, what do I do now? Uh, yeah. That was um, nice. Yeah. Then, then you lose your radio stations because then you're always playing kids' songs. Oh, I have – I have – yes. I haven't watched a show, a real television show in my main television area of my house, mm-hmm. I bet, in five years. I, I could go Disney. It's look all at Disney my DVR now. right now and, and tell you exactly the ones that my kids have recorded. Wow. I, I used to have an iPad. But what's really... My son took it. Oh, jeez. It's his now. Well, that's one of the that's one of the the topics that I want to talk about. Sacrifice okay. when you have a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you think of that? 
Oh, it's huge. You start putting your needs behind the yeah. needs of the kid. You remember when you used to actually choose the restaurant you wanted to eat? Yeah, or right. You wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, what would they eat mm-hmm. that they won't? That they'll let us exactly. In? Although I still do the restaurant thing because, yeah, that's smart. What about worry? Uh, Talk about their worries. And I their, have yeah their life. You've got to be work. using the Grecian formula because that's yeah. You know, no, I I don't, but <laughs> I should. I I, 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 just, I should too. Unfortunately. I just, I just eat more. <laughs> but the worry's huge because now you're worrying about their worries. And have you noticed that sometimes you worry more about their worries than you than they do? Oh, yes. Very much so. Like, I'm like, you guys should be a lot more worried about your grades. And they're like, well, why? Oh, oh, they well, they, they say, why? Because you guys have got it covered. Yeah, exactly. Why should we worry? Well, that's just like my daughter my, my daughter ran for a student government last week. Last Friday was the election. How'd I found out do? the results today. She got elected. Yes. Power. But now, now there's <laughs> – Funds and oh, driving oh. her there. Have you? Do they get a sweater? But she doesn't think. Yes. There, there you go. Wait till you throw three hundred bones down. That's on the sweater. what I'm doing. Well, it's not. There's a, there's a trip, oh. a leadership trip, and then there's the activities that you have to drive her to oh, all yeah. throughout the year because she's you know part of the government. She has mm-hmm. to help run everything. And but it's a great yeah. experience. Oh, I'm sure it is. Jeez. <laughs> One thing people I don't think think about though when they're thinking of having kids the the, the biggest life change what your relationship with your spouse oh yeah you mean the that, co- you mean the co-parent yes oh I forgot yeah that's true because <laughs> it changes the it relationship is. now you're now, you, now you're, you're just co-parenting. co-parenting we used to be lovers we used to like look into each other's eyes and like yeah just you and me babe for eternity and exactly. now it's like what are we gonna do with these guys <laughs> <laughs> what's for dinner yeah. And then when, when – Hey, they, did you see the checking accounts overdrawn? Yeah. Or, hey, who who bought something on iTunes for $38? Uh-huh. Did you record this show? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? Oh, you guys are making me very hopeful here. All these things <laughs> I have see, to look we've, forward to. We've ruined to. Mike's thoughts about marriage. We're ruining <laughs> Juan's thoughts about children. They're wonderful. Who left I, the light on? I am freaked out, guys. But it, babies sound horrible. No, they're not. Oh no, they're not. They're gifts from heaven. Mm-hmm. They really are beautiful, I, and you want them. I've never held one, even. I just don't please. Well, I would say until I'll cross that bridge when I get there. No thanks. Here you go. What about your your conversations with your married friends once you had kids? Oh yeah. How did those change? Oh, it was like, oh, so has your child ever had a blowout at the mall? There you go. That's it. <laughs> you're like, are you kidding That's me? The one. Are we talking about In a blowout the at the mall? Oh, blowout. Oh, that stain on the third pew? <laughs> that's ours. <laughs> it's so true. It's like, how many diapers do you use? I mean, that, that's what's bad is yeah. my wife, I remember it hurt. She used to be so satisfied if we had a great tennis match or if she yes. could ace me in tennis. But now it's – not anymore. But it used to be if she could use one wipey on a diaper change. Woohoo! Big time. Victory. It's so messed up. <laughs> You're thinking, what does my life come down to? How many, how many wipes I can get out of a wipey? Last question. Messed up. How much of it would you change? Not a bit. Me either. Well, I might change some of the finances. <laughs> nah. I wouldn't change a bit of it. No. You love it. Exactly. That's, that's, the, that's it. That's the biggest surprising thing. It is, the, it is one of the biggest changes your life will ever have if yep. you have kids. But it's also going to be one of the best things that it will ever, ever happen to you. So that's the irony right there. So it is. You're, you're learning, you're struggling, and that learning and that struggling is preparing more joy, more happiness in your heart, your soul. That's the goal. That's the purpose of life-changing yep. experiences. I love my kids. I do too. I love your kids too. 
Never met him. Or have I? No. No. Um, well done. Well done, Sean. Well done. Okay, there you have it. Life-changing experiences. That's the game. Here's a quote for you. Being challenged in life is inevitable. Being defeated is optional. By Roger Crawford. Hey, coming up on tomorrow's show, folks, we will speak with Amanda Dixon. She is a co-host of The Morning Team on KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, Utah. She's going to be talking about how to deal with your busy life, how to find the good. Thanks again for joining us. Remember, we're trying to help you find the good life. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.